I'm Catherine. And I'm Sheila. And we're taking you through private eyes. going to discuss the tools of the trade, the different elements that we go through in order to get to our conclusion, which is to help our client resolve their case. This episode is part two of us private investigators diving into Danny's phone records and text messages between her and Jeff. The subject matter is sensitive as we discuss coercive control and domestic violence. If you or someone you know is a victim of violence, please call 1-800-799-SAFE. On this episode, we continue into the timeline of Danny and Jeff's relationship and use our experience as investigators to dissect the text even further. So on the next day, June 14th, Danny texts another guy. Uh, This is the first time we've heard of him and says, good morning, beautiful. It's Danny from last night. Hope you had a good night, doll. And he says, hey, girl, it's, I'm not going to say his name, from the other night. I'm sorry, I've been really busy. How are you? She says, it's okay, doll. I'm good. Just been working. How are you? Do you have any nights off this week? And he said, yes, but when I'm off, I have my child. And she says, okay, wanted to see if you wanted to hang out and have a movie night. And he responds, if I can find a sitter, that would be great. So Danny is texting this guy the same time she's texting Jeff. She's setting up dates. There's another man we know that she's in a relationship with at the same time. So he is not, Jeff is not the love of her life. Danny is dating other men. What do we know about the status of their relationship at this point? Are there are they actually together or is it during one of their breakups or are they not together at all? Well, the day before is when they were having kinky sex and he was getting emotional and crying. This is the next day. Just because you're having kinky sex doesn't mean you're together, right? So I'm cu- I'm curious to know if they had established more of like a friends with benefits type of situation. But again, it's just a question that we don't have the answer to. Well, if you take Jeff for what he said to Kaysen, it was a casual thing. He wasn't really into her. She wanted to date and stuff. And I didn't want to. And she was, you come up with every excuse. Why not this could work and all this things like that. And I kind of gave in and we started dating based on his own words, it was just casual. She's 20 years old. Of course, she's going to be dating other men. Exactly. A lot of times in any situation, when there's a female and male, you can put them in the exact same situation and say, he's dating three girls. She's dating three guys. She takes a lot of heat for dating three guys. He takes none. He's like, attaboy, good job. There's no difference. We know that Jeff is dating other people. We also know that Danny's dating other people. No difference. You know, the females take all the heat, even though he's doing the same damn thing. I know, I hate that double standard. I'm glad you cleared that up. Jeff told Danny that he didn't want to go dancing. So these are the texts that followed. Look, I don't want to fight. 
my roommate wanted to go dancing. I asked if you wanted to go. You said no. So I told you I'd tell her I'm not going. And I did. Honey, go see your friends. Don't sit at the house by yourself, baby. Call that girl and go see her. I don't care. Don't sit there and mope. So she says she doesn't want to go dancing. And now it's, oh, no, you should go. I can't wait to marry you. Mrs. Wellborn, it's going to be awesome. Wait, okay. So for the sake of the timeline here, this is the 18th. So something, he must have done something really good here. All of a sudden things are beyond good. You're noticing now that it's not really ever just kind of like normal. There's no like, just regular conversation. It's either I can't wait to marry you or it's so extreme. This text string is between Danny and her roommate on July 11th, 2014, a week before she died. He got them both. Okay. What do you say? That you were out having dinner with girls from work. Not what I told him, but okay. You say anything? Nope, not a thing. Okay. And then later on that night, he says, Have fun while you're out. The whole show me that I was willing to come see you thing didn't mean shit today, did it? You tell me to prove that I'm willing to drive here for you. And when I try to do it, this is what I get. I asked for time. All you had to do was answer when I called and say that. You knew I was going to ask about dinner and thought, hmm, you might actually want to go get something to eat. So she's asking him for time and he obviously does not like that. No, he's clearly not respecting it. And again, because he loses his control with time. He loses that control. She's giving a demand. Again, I sound like the broken record. Why did, I'll take Roy Barker, not recognize this? And then even more, Kathy Kaysen's a female and should have recognized. I'm mad because I'm fucked now for a long time again. My kid is going to have to live at my mother's again. I wanted so badly to trust and believe in you. It's like... Doing that has done nothing but fuck me every time I do it. I've got an expensive, awesome hotel room for you for vacation. I'm out an assload to make you comfortable and treat you to something nice. Trying to show you that I care for you and I want to do nice things for you. I don't know what to say. What do you mean? It's like, prove you're not out tonight? All this would be way more believable? Guess you can't prove it. I should have known better. Prove what? What do you want? Where you are. Didn't figure you'd respond. Catherine, do you want to start with that one? I don't even know. I'm feeling like I'm starting to sound like a broken record. I mean, what else is there to discuss? This is just evidence that, like, the manipulation... And the guilt he's trying to instill in her, it's just, it's palpable. And it is appalling to me. Those text messages are showing she's pulling away. Uh Uh-huh. And he's escalating. Uh Uh-huh. 
that's that last week. If she were really giving in to and falling for all of this emotional manipulation and the laying on the guilt so thick, she would be apologizing. Typically, when you are in that relationship and someone is laying it on that hard and making you feel guilty, if you're falling for it, then you're going to you're going to assume that guilt. You're going to feel badly. I'm so sorry that, you know, your kid has to go live with his mom. I'll go on this trip. She's not giving him that. Catherine, explain that to me. The guilt that he's trying to lay on her. How does he think that's going to end? Well, I think that when someone uses those words to manipulate a situation and the person is then ends up feeling guilty, they feel bad, apologize, and then the controller is back in control. And she's back with the controller? Absolutely. And it didn't work? Not in this case. And it doesn't seem to moving forward. Oh, the control. I wonder if they even read them and they just said they did. Yeah, clearly. Because if they read these and don't see a red flag, then there's something wrong with every single one of them. Well, and that's my point. Is that okay in the police department? Well, yeah, now we're a week before Danny dies. On July 12th, Jeff sends Danny a text. I never said I hated you. I asked you not to call me because it would be easier on me. We've covered this before. The last three weeks, you've been terrible to me. I can't emotionally deal with that. I want to think that you want me like you did before, but you don't, and it's driving me insane. I haven't meant to make things harder. You asked me about my exes. I chased them. I tried to break that cycle. It's just really hard with you because I craved you. Never before have I needed someone so badly. It scared the shit out of me. I'll leave you alone. Do the pick so my nerves will be calm. I'm on edge here. Please don't leave me alone. Will you call? I want you still. We can talk in the morning. He's the one setting up his own story here. They're just not reading it. Well, and the way that he is... You know, he's he's trying to play her like like a puppet. Give me space. So dramatic. Again, it's just going back into that whole cycle and the need for control. The second she says, I'll leave you alone. He's trying to reel her back in with the desire. And I've never felt this before. And all of that stuff that is going to play on her emotions. I craved you like I've never craved anyone before. Hey, all you true crime fans, this is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morphin. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. So on 7-11, a week before Danny died, Jeff came and picked up a gift that he had given her, which was a gun. 
on 713, he responds to her and says, Come get your pistol when you get off. I can't pay you for it today. You don't have to pay for it. You're giving it back to me? Yes. May I ask why you're giving it back? Because you love it. Okay. Thank you. Isn't this when someone wants to control and manipulate, they give you something, they take it back, and if you're worthy and you earn it, you can have it back again. Classic. Right here, it's down to the textbook classic. On July 17th, just two nights before Danny dies, Jeff texts Danny and says, I hope you had fun. I really did. I love spending time with you. It's great seeing you. I wish I could every day. I know. If you just wanted to see me every day. Don't be like that. It's all right. Other girls can fill the gap. None will ever be as good as me. Don't tempt me. You do rock. I know I do. Don't get a big head now. I'm not. You goober. I need you. Need me, huh? It's hard to admit, but yes. How so? Just to lay it all out there and make myself vulnerable? The how so was about needing me. I don't know if I could go through life without your love. I see. I can't explain how I crave you. It scares the shit out of me. I understand. I just want to come home to you every day. When an investigator goes through text messages, a text message that says, I can't live without you, I crave you, I love you, a little on the desperate side, four days before she died, wouldn't that mean the investigator should bring the person back and have him explain himself because his text messages to me seem to be escalating in desperation. Yeah, I completely agree. That's for sure a red flag four days before he's texting her things like that. And of course it's manipulative and not healthy conversation to be having. So that alone would be something I would want to question him about. But the fact that it even happened four days prior to her death is extremely concerning. And if they had read these text messages and had conducted a proper investigation, then I, I think that's something that they would have made note of. I would hope that they would make note of that when somebody uses the word, you know, vulnerable and crave in the same sentence, it's he's trying to say that he's letting his guard down, but his guard down is being super desperate by saying, I crave you, I need you. To me, it's terrifying. And considering she's 20 years old and her reaction is kind of like, eh, she's not reacting the way he wants. He is really pushing the envelope and she is not responding to him. That may trigger someone. I don't know. Does it? 
he is definitely showing he needs her and she doesn't need him back. It's also kind of a form of testing, right? Like it's definitely a control tactic and he's upping the ante to see where he can kind of reel her back in and it's not working. You know, who was the one, the uh, detective who made the notes about reading the text messages? This wasn't in there. Yes, Barker. Barker. He didn't, he didn't put any of the text messages. The some arguments. I think this is beyond some arguments. I think these text messages lay out their entire relationship. There's something we need to talk about. What do we need to discuss? The trip? Yeah, we need to talk about the trip. You not wanting to go? I don't know how I feel about going now that we aren't really together. I figured we would discuss the being together part at an appropriate time. I was going to give you time and let you bring it up on your own terms when you are comfortable. Okay. I think I know how you feel. Now get back to seeing your guest and don't worry about me. Okay, baby. Love you bunches. Love you too. She has backed off from going on this vacation. He has already said in an earlier text message, he has spent a great deal of money on her for this vacation to impress her. And she is kind of like, eh, not sure I want to go. He is being really nice. Again, I think reeling her in. But this vacation is important to him, not to her. Right. Why is it important to him? And, you know, I'd be so interested to know if Danny spoke with any of her friends about him, if she perceived any of this behavior as toxic or unhealthy. I don't have to go back to work today. I can see you and get some food. I have stuff to do. Fine. Don't get pissy. I'm not. Better not be. I'm good. It's free tonight. Go for it. Seriously? I thought you were kidding. Can't really stop you. I was kidding, and now you've killed it. <laughs> when you went seriously, I couldn't tell anymore. So he is trying to make her jealous by saying he's going to call another woman. And Danny's really didn't react to it. So who's the jealous one? Because she's not. I love that. Because then right after he's trying to tease her about calling this girl, Jeff then says, I'll be honest. If I caught you with some guy, I would kill him. Why? I still pretty much view you as my girlfriend, and some fucker isn't going to try and swipe the woman I love. Easy, killer. I, I, maybe it's because I'm trained in this, but it's like so freaking obvious. It's really sad that if law enforcement 
read these, they did have her phone. How are these not a red flag to them? They can't be that incompetent that they read through these and thought there was nothing wrong. No, I think- have not done it, right? Well, I, that's the only explanation as far as I'm concerned. The incompetence started with not like saying you did something and you didn't. I think that they perused, saw pictures, okay, was able to notate that there were pictures of her with the guns and then read some of the text messages, saw some arguing. It does, it's not even a detailed description of what was found because if there had been, then you would have had all of this material that would have been documented. Yeah. So there's just no way that they went through everything. There's no way. No, no. Shame on them. God, I'm so mad about it. It is scary. And it makes me wonder of the the police culture. Is a quick look enough to close a case? Or do you really look at the cases? And again, I go back to Barker saying there were so many suicides. Who says that? He has absolutely zero evidence at this moment. And he's saying that. So this is somebody who's supposed to be a well-trained police officer, Deputy Chief Barker. This girl doesn't have a chance. She does now, though. I really believe that the town is waking up to this. I agree. I mean, he is second in command to the sheriff over that whole county. And this is how that's treated. And when he made that suicide comment, Danny was still in the hospital. She was still alive at that point. The sheriff is responsible for the work his employees do. Every bit of this lands on his desk. 717, just 24 hours before Danny goes on that fateful ride with Jeff. I've been scared of commitment. It's never worked out well for me. I try to keep everything in my control, and I tried to do that with us, but I can't. I've been mean to you, trying to keep you a certain way. Getting mad was like a controlling thing instead of accepting how you act or the choices of what you want to do. I'm scared to death of you. I'm scared of how I want you. Yeah, I tried to tell you that I felt like that you were trying to control me and change me. I was, and I'm sorry if I did. Then I didn't have to worry about being hurt. I feel like now I'm paying more attention to Danny's words, too. And she's on to what's happening. Even the days prior to where she's not fully engaged, it almost kind of seems like she's just entertaining it, but in her head knows what's going on. And he has to concede in some way in order to still maintain control. That's kind of what I'm getting from this last text. He's mean to her. He's controlling her. I would dive a little deeper into those words and into their relationship to find out exactly what happened. I would also do a victimology on Danny, and I would do a profile on Jeff. I don't think they did that. Well, in his own words, he's saying, I've been mean to you, keeping you a certain way. 
It was a controlling thing. And then he says, I'm scared to death of you. I'm scared of how I want you. This is 24 hours before the ATV ride. And you know what? He's done our job for us because he says he's mistreated her. He says he's been controlling. We didn't need to tell you any of this. It's He says it. The night that they were on the ATV ride, the night that Danny passed away, she was actually texting another guy on the ride. And he had asked what she was doing. And she said, I'm on an ATV ride in the backwoods or, or whatever. It was just hours before she died. Did Jeff see that text message? Did he know that she was texting another guy? And that's at 733. Jeff texts Danny during the ride. You're a pain. Don't try to be. They're together. Why is he texting her? And then her last text that evening was at 1047 p.m. And it was to Tanner. It really does make you wonder whether or not Jeff saw the text. But it doesn't tell me that, you know, she's thinking about other things and texting people right before she's putting a gun to her head. I'll tell you that. Well, and I think the one text that I talked to Danielle about earlier is the one he sent. Was it two weeks later or a week later? Yeah, on the 31st. I don't know why, but I miss you dearly. Jeff sends that on the 31st. That's also the date that Barker said he read the text messages. I don't know if there's a correlation. And he doesn't know why he misses her. Yeah, I don't know why. And the phone was given back on 8-11. I wonder if Jeff knew that they had the phone. It does really help to review these text messages in order to see what the context of the relationship was. And then when you put it into play with the events of that night, it's just, it raises so many questions that the that law enforcement didn't, didn't ask. Bringing Danny Smith's case to the community where it happened hopefully brings change. Danny Smith did not have a voice at any point during this investigation. No one stood up for her. I don't know if it's training, that they need more money to train the police on how to look at a potential homicide, because the training we have all had, it's a homicide until it's not. I believe the police are trained in the same manner. What happened here? Danny deserves to rest in peace. Her family deserves answers. The community deserves to know that the authorities are there for them. Yeah, and especially the officials that are higher up, the sheriff, the district attorney. Hopefully our podcast can bring attention to those people and they can take another look at what happened to Danny Smith. Mm, They've already had their chance. The DA already knows about this case. Her website appears to be very pro-victim. If I were Danny's family, I wouldn't want... Cass County looking at the case. I wouldn't want the district attorney looking at the case. 
I know that we've had cases from doing podcasts move up the ranks. That's our hope. I want to know what the thoughts are in the community about this case. So you can go on our Facebook page and give your thoughts and comments. And if you don't want other people to see those comments, send us a private message and we will keep you anonymous. And if you have information and you're sitting on it, think about yourself. If you were in that position, would you want someone to speak up for you? Or your sister or your aunt or your mom or your coworker? The women in Cass County deserve better. This message was sent two weeks after Danny died to Danny's phone from Jeff. Who was it actually for? I don't know why, but I miss you dearly. We would like to thank Arbel Kimmick for their professional voiceover work on this episode. You can find their work on Fiverr, YouTube, and Instagram under Arbel Kimmick, A-R-B-E-L-K-I-M-M-I-C-K.